week, we discuss why Ricky Martin's Livin' La Vida Loca is the best ska song ever. Stay tuned! Welcome to On the Upbeat. I'm Matt. <laughs> and I'm RJ Phoenix. And already with the death threats towards Matt. <laughs> it's okay. I had you I had your volume turned down. I could see you mouth something, but uh no one oh, heard. I, I believe I said I'm gonna kill you for that joke. This is <laughs> by the way, this is the first time Matt didn't clear that joke. I had no idea what he was gonna say. He usually sends them to me. Usually. Uh yeah, not that one. He got me on that one. But hey, he turned my audio <laughs> up in time. Uh, that other person you hear laughing is our friend Harrison from the band Victory Kid, who we're going to be talking to. Uh, how you doing today, man? I'm really good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I had a I had a long, rough day at work, and I'm very excited to be done with that <laughs> in my little office slash studio uh, to talk to you and interview you. Um, Matt, how you been? Uh, pretty good. Um, you know, still no AC, so you know that sucks. And uh, but it's, but you That's know, AC. <laughs> but uh, currently it's not so bad. Today, um, a couple of the kids had the day off school, but uh, and then one did not. But they're, I mean, these kids are on autopilot when it comes to like even like learning because my kids are older for the most part, and so they take care of themselves. <laughs> so. That's I just good. I generally have to like just nudge them in the right way. Sometimes push. <laughs> Don't uh, have to dad too hard. No, not you not not usually. At least not about school things. They're just other things like stop running in the house. <laughs> You're <laughs> you <know>? such a dad. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I mean, I'm the one that has to fill out the paperwork if they if they fall and hurt themselves. So yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they'll be fine. I just don't want to yeah. spend hours filling out paperwork. Uh, yeah. All right. So, uh, Victory Kid is a ska punk band from Los Angeles, and I've been a fan of theirs for a while. I just stumbled across them on Bandcamp at one point. Uh, unfortunately, them being from Los Angeles, it still took me a long time before I finally got to see them live. But once I did, I was very entertained. Uh, I managed to see him twice in 2020 before the shutdown happened, and I, I'm really thrilled to be able to uh, talk with Harrison today. Um, so, so yeah, how how did the band get together, Harrison? How did Victory Kid get started? Yeah, well, it's a funny story. I was doing a solo thing um, in New York that kind of was taking a weird direction with the producer that I didn't see eye to eye with and uh, decided to move to L.A. and met Carlo pretty early on and we just uh, started playing and, um, you know, went into it actually as a solo project. And then, you know, him and Nathan just wanted to be a part of it. I always wanted it to be a band anyway. You know, that was the type of music that I write. That's I'm looking for, you know, the companionship and all of it, you know, so um, it just, it really worked out. Um, and at some point we started like surfing together and just becoming best friends, you know, it just, it really, it was just like, um, at one point we just kind of looked at each other and it happened, you know? Um, and since then, uh, Nathan's actually left the band, which we'll talk about later with the how many members okay. question. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're on a really big upswing despite it being 2020 and, um, looking forward to when this clears up a bit and, release some music go on tour all that dude that's that's awesome i, I i'm always looking forward for more victory kid music i actually so i, it's, I wanted yeah, to say up, actually i did see you guys play uh in huntington beach right at the end of 2019 when you guys played with half past two at um oh it was like a bar and grill thing i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head um but yeah it surf dogs surf dogs that's what it is that was and a good show yeah that was a good show um yeah it was a good time i i thought you guys were really great and uh i i really and i'll talk more about it when you guys when we play your song but like <laughs> i really love sort of the sort of ever changing even styles within your songs as they go so yeah I, I, I have seen you guys live, so. Hi, yeah. Matt saw somebody. 
Yeah, I, I think so, it was one of my. Uh, I mean, there was a two shows after that, but that was that was the last one of the last shows as things, you know, twenty twenty started to become what it is now. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I saw y'all at Catch One with uh, the toasters and mustard plug and that big old show. Um, and then I saw you at Five Star Bar with uh, Madeline and the readjusters. And that 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 was a show. And yeah, me and my idiot friend Todd were like tasting beers and like trading them with each other. And be like, ooh, try this one. And, <laughs> <laughs> what an idiot. I was hugging everybody in Madeline because I knew half of them. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know it's hard to know before it blew up kind of like, you know, what we should be doing. And it's still hard sometimes, you know. Yeah. Um, I still get in arguments about what the proper etiquette is even today, which is frightening. But, you know, got to make room for everybody, right? Yeah. I just, uh, I just, you know, I just try not to see anybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, park hangs at most. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, speaking of the music, which we got a little bit into a few minutes ago, uh, you guys are very much more of a punk band, uh, but you started like bringing in the ska to your sound. What made you decide to be like a ska punk band? Yeah, I um, I think I always was influenced by ska. I know Carlo was too and Nathan. Um, but I think what really put ska on the map for me, and this, I'm, this is going to be so cliche, I know, but with the Tony Hawk, pro skater you know for my age it just came out right when i was discovering this type of music um and it took me a lot of directions and you know more heavily in punk to be honest i kind of yeah. came back a little bit later um but you know i always loved it and i um stepping out was the first ska song i tried to write like as a ska song um and that was like 10 years ago which it just came out this year so that's kind of crazy <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, that with that, when we got, um, you know, we were working with a producer named Alan Hessler, who was one of the first assistants and engineers for Feldman. Um, oh, OK. And yeah. And so that he produced all of the EPs. Um, we originally did them as one record. We're still going to sell it um, as like a vinyl in one record, but uh, release it online and EPs just to spread it out a little bit. Give us time to write and grow and do stuff before we mature um and he knew matt appleton from real big fish so yeah. you know um he brought him in on the horns we just like i had one phone call with him i was like dude you're incredible i know you're gonna kill it i answered <laughs> like two questions and then he just sent back the most awesome sounding horns i've ever heard so <laughs> it was a <laughs> you know we had to put him on there and right after we did we met um or not well i met but nathan's brother is a really good trombonist and so i think um you guys have probably see him, seen him play with us yeah. and uh you know we brought him on tour when he was 19 like a little boss you know <laughs> <laughs> um, and just like it it developed into that and we've even like included him on songs that like we wouldn't we didn't have on the record with with horns and stuff so um you know, we've used it in a bunch of different ways, but that's kind of how it developed, I guess. Very cool. So we, we, you mentioned Nathan a few times, and it looked like officially there's like three members of the band. And I know whenever I've seen you, there's been no less than five people on the stage. So what what is like the makeup of Victory Kid? Sure. So when we set out to record, it was um, me singing and playing rhythm guitar like I do. Um, Suni Basic playing guitar. Um Nathan Kersey Wilson playing bass and then Matt on all the horns and Carlo on drums, of course. Um, and then we started with three and Nathan decided to work on some solo projects. He's more of a jazz cat. So he wanted to really sink some time into that totally ended amicably where we caught some awesome waves the other day, you know, like great friends. <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. But um, now what's happening is me and Carlo are basically playing with, suny and nathan's brother-in-law andrew remley um that's been the lineup for a while and we we have substitutions carlo is actually from switzerland so he doesn't play every show we've had um a few subs that have really helped us out a few subs that haven't too but we won't mention names and <laughs> but you know it, it it allows 
there to be flexibility so that um, if we get a show, we just know we can take it, um, which is what we kind of needed, especially moving into 2020, just unknowingly, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So technically, it's sorry, just to answer your question a little bit. Technically, right now, technically, right now, it's me and Carlo. We're the two members, and we have different people that we're playing with. Um, You know, looking into the future, I think that might change. We're picking up speed this year, surprisingly. And, uh, you know, we might need to bring in some more full time people, and that might be possible. But for now, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> that's totally fair. That's uh, one, one of my favorite bands is They Might Be Giants, and that's really just two guys. But then they've had like two other guys that have been playing with them for 20 years and a drummer that's been with them for 10. It's just like technically it's them, but then kind of it's all four, all five of them. So yeah, I kind of understand that. Um, I, I was in a stupid band, like three of us wrote the songs, five of us perfected it, and then we had two more people usually play with us live. So it's one of those things like, who's the band? Who's not the band? Yeah. No, I, that's why I was interested in that question. Cool. <laughs> like, yeah. Gotta ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure we've ever really been asked that explicitly, or like at least not had a like leading question where it was, you know, clear that you researched and like understood kind of what was going on. It's cool. Well, yeah, because I, I, cause on the, the covers of your EPs, it's usually just the three members. But then when you're hearing it, you're like, do they double dip? And some of them play horns. What's going on? <laughs> and then, of course, when I saw you live, I think at Catch, you might have had a couple different like additional horn players than usual. Uh, and then at Five Star, it was just uh, the, your trombone player. Uh, but yeah, so I was just like, I got I got to ask. I'm always curious about lineups and members. <laughs> and, and No, that's cool. That's very cool. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, that uh, that catch one show that was actually Nathan, our ex bass player, playing uh, saxophone. He was a sax student at UCLA, okay. so that's his first and like true instrument. But he's moved on to keys and other instruments since then. Wow. Yeah, because that's like I think there was a saxophone player, but that night was so long and so many bands. Kind <laughs> of a blur. Yeah, totally. And the sets were short leading up to the mains, which obviously you have to do if it's you know seven or yeah. eight on a bill, right? That was such a crazy show because, like, you, Half Past Two, Metamosca, uh, and then Chris Murray, Toasters, Mustard Plug, and I know I'm forgetting some bands right now, um, but it was it was a killer the show. Untouchables, just, maybe? Oh, yeah, Untouchables. And then there was a whole second stage. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the upstairs. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Like, it was it was insane. Uh, that, that was fun. <laughs> uh, but uh, getting back to you, um, so what? How did you get into like ska music? Like, what gave you that drive to like uh, what? What you found like after was it Tony Hawk first, and then you started researching, or was there something else that went on? Um, yeah, it really was Tony Hawk first. You know, I think Superman took a lot of people by surprise, and that was definitely one of them. Um, <laughs> you know, part of it too was uh, at the time my, you know, I was, I think eight or nine when that game came out so like even getting to the video game um my parents were pretty strict so i had to like go over to friend's house to play video games and stuff like that (laughs) so like you know i'm kind of like the the mormon kid right who just wasn't like around all of this stuff all of the time up until (laughs) uh probably around like early high school and then i just started taking off and the internet became more accessible and you know it just became so easy and um that's when yeah. I started really getting into Real Big Fish and Less Than Jake, uh, Interrupters, Rancid. Rancid's on that playlist too. But, um, but yeah, and I think the thing that I like about Ska um, is precisely like where it decides to be punk and where it decides to be like more Ska and traditional and horns. Um, because I think the third wave, all of it has punk, at least in some element, right? Um, and so for me, where you put that line between um kind of like the happy to reassuring like super energetic you know uh horn sound to kind of a more reality sound which all bands are using with distorted guitars talking about things that you know are a little darker that looking more in the shadow side and um so i just think that line is really interesting um and i try and keep that in mind whenever i write any type of music but i really learned that from ska all right, so do you remember what your first ska show was? Yeah, I think it was Less Than Jake at Shoreline. Um, that was one of my favorite venues growing up because they had uh, 
they had warps who were there they had um what was the wow live one of the fives show there in the summer that i'm totally blanking on i went to like every year (laughs) but they had great festivals there with that style of music and um you know i saw some great bands at that venue but less than jake yeah it was it was awesome um and then i didn't get to see a chance to see goldfinger or real big fish until i i'd finished the record you know it was kind of interesting like getting to go backstage and like meet the guys and stuff um just because of connections and um it's been a it's been a really fun process that's really cool man that's a lot of fun yeah Uh, my first warp tour actually snuck backstage um back to where the buses were to hang out with real big fish (laughs) nice just because i could like it it was it was even i think it was dan from real big fish uh, because this is 97 he was like yeah if you just look like you know where you're going just come on back and hang out with us because it, it rained. This is uh, in Chicago. And so they canceled like all the side stages after like Lesson Jake and Sugar Ray played on a side stage. And they're like, no more side stages. It's raining too much. Mm. They don't <laughs> have rules. <laughs> <laughs> so Real Big Fish wasn't going to play. And I wanted to see them. And we went to the merch booth and just started talking to Dan and Andrew. And Dan's like, yeah, come on back. Just meet us all. Just take pictures. Just. With a big yellow bus. It's piss yellow. You'll never miss it. Just sneak <laughs> on back. They won't stop you if you look like you know where you're going. <laughs> and they're like, and it worked like a charm. Like it was hilarious. Uh, I think I, yeah, yeah, we were talking to Matt, the bass player at the time, and he was like, Hey, look what I can do. And he just yells, Hey, Dickie Barrett, get over here and take a picture. And so then we got pictures of like all the boss tones and stuff. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was like Warp Tour was just like something two days before me and my friends were like, we should go to Chicago. We, we should do this. Let's go get tickets. Let's do a Ticketmaster outlet and let's drive to Chicago. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised I've never told that story on the show before. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one, yeah. No, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's fun. Uh, so so um, do you remember what your first like Scott album that you picked up with like your own money? Yeah, it was Hang Ups. Hang Ups? For sure. <laughs> Yeah. Would you say Hang Ups is the best ska punk album of the 90s? Okay. Oh, he's positive. I've favorite. already lost it's my, my bet. It's no, my favorite. It's my favorite. But I don't think I don't think I can say it's the best just because there's so many songs on there that aren't ska. Like, if I'm ranking it as a ska punk hmm. album, there's a lot on there that's like... You know what I mean? This so, argument. Oh no, no! This argument sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I heard an episode with uh, Aaron where you guys talked about this. No. <laughs> yeah, I think Aaron and I talked about a little. Like Aaron talked about uh, why do they rock so hard being one of like their like fa- his favorite album by them. Um, but actually, mm. RJ and I. Um, the reason we're laughing is because we did actually sort of like have a battle, you know, about what is the best ska punk album of the '90s, and RJ picked Hang Ups, and I picked Hang Ups. Uh, yeah, and I picked um, Turn the Radio Off. Turn the Radio by Off Real by Big Real Big Fish. Fish. So, um, yeah. So it was, and, and in the end. We're both wrong because that's really less face it by the mighty mighty boss. <laughs> we did sort of like have that moment that we were like, "How did that not go into either yeah. one, of us, either one of our thoughts?" Like, both of us are like, "Dang it!" Uh, but the reason I was saying that uh, your argument sounds familiar is because your argument of like it not having a whole lot of well, it having a lot of punk, like heavy punk. Um, so uh, that was. Part that was, of my pro. It's very of its time, very nineties, because uh, it's very like got that dark punk thing going on too. Yeah. So that's that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. Yeah. Well, because that is sort of the that is sort of the thing. What's the best ska punk album of the nineties? So it the fact that it's influenced by punk. Um. So, but I think RJ, I think you originally asked Harrison, you know, if. He, what the best ska album so maybe that puts it into a different category. <laughs> so if we're splitting the hairs right sure. uh if we're saying ska album it's just have cat right on time there's no questions 
I just I like right. making authoritative like statements and then yeah. seeing if anybody <laughs> calls me on that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Someone's think... going to come back and say, no, it's the question by the slackers, and then it's going to be a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so do we want to take a second and play Clownin'? Yeah. Tell us a bit about the song Clownin', and uh, then we'll play it for the audience. Sure, yeah. I. Um, so these were actually written while we were in the studio. Um I just started feeling really creative and um, we were kind of taking a break for Christmas, I think. And I wrote Tuck Frump and uh, Clowning and um, we kind of threw, it was a last ditch effort, but man, I'm so glad we got it on um, (laughs) because what I like about it is um, I think it's a more unique than stepping out or maybe my world in that the, it goes a lot farther dark and a lot further punk, right. in the choruses and stuff. And it's talking about, the fear that kind of gets stirred up by um, the 24 hour news cycle. I'm not saying the media trust science. That's my personal, <laughs> you know, but like they're definitely when you have to come up with exciting news um, at any given second of the day, you're always going to rely on something that scares people, you know, um, at least most of the time. And I think that that has an effect on us. And so that, that song is kind of about that where there was this huge, like ridiculous, article about these clowns which is super interesting but just you know blown out of proportion there was i think seven or eight deaths you know and it was um just kind of crazy in terms of like the timing of it but um you know i feel like everybody i was talking to was like did you hear about the clowns you hear about the clowns i'm like (laughs) i feel like there's a lot scarier things out there than these clowns but sure yeah no i know know what you're talking about All right, that's a great explanation. All right, here we go with Clownin' by Victory Kid. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, That's best. You are the worst. (laughs) It's true. I am. Now, really, here is Clownin' by Victory Kid. Tonight is story we've been talking a lot about. Creepy clown sightings around the country, and now a new clown has surfaced. And if you're heading to bed shortly, this picture is bound to give you nightmares. I'm coming from the hills, heading for the highway. All they here to kill, be part of society. Oh, no one knows. Dressed for the show, straight out of nightmare. Randomly they roam, now they call them sightings. Whoa.
yeah, woo! Hell yeah, that's a good Thank song. That's a good song. And I and when I remember when that song came out because I'd already had your first EP, the Illennials EP, and so then you know I got the Bandcamp notification like, oh, there's a new song. I'm like, oh, cool, let's check this out. And I was like, holy mother, this is great. <laughs> oh man well thank you that's awesome it, it was like one of those things like i expect quality but i don't know expect to be blown away and i absolutely was and that was one of those songs like okay where can i find a place for it on 23 minutes of scott like as soon as possible because people need to hear this so so thank you for writing a great song yeah i uh thanks I, so much so this song is a good example of what i probably why i got into um ska punk especially and why i find it so endearing is because it never stays the same it always moves going back and forth between the two um and uh i think this is a great example of that because i'm gonna be honest and ska fans like hardcore old school ska fans are gonna hate me sometimes (laughs) i find ska music straight up repetitive if I'm being honest, especially for like four minutes, sometimes I'm just and bored. That's a guy who's more into that. I'm not going to say you're entirely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and obviously there are probably great examples of, of really great traditional sounding ska that it completely are not boring and stuff like that. And I could probably think of them, but I'm just saying like, I like music that moves and never, you know, stays the same. Um, uh, so, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's a really good song and, you know, really important message. And I do like the way you distinct between, like, at least in your explanation, you know, the, this idea of the 24-hour news cycle being a problem rather than news media necessarily. It's sort of what we've kind of created ourselves like as a society it's not really you know people are just essentially doing their job but then you got to go well maybe that's not a job we need done <laughs> right maybe we can just <laughs> you know turn it off and like you know but yeah i've been thinking about that a lot especially with like uh you know this pandemic thing and and just how much we can just get pulled down and it's sort of like it's like living with story toppers, you know, someone who always has to like top your story, and it's just oh, more, yeah. more more absurd. And that's just and now we're like now we as individuals. You want to hear about absurd, Matt? Let me tell you about absurd. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just and and now we are the like the twenty four hour news cycle with our opinion giving and our things so yeah it's very insightful i like that you made that distinction between news can be good and informational but a 24-hour news cycle maybe not so great yeah exactly i think the days of turning on the news and leaving it on in the background all day are kind of done you know yeah um i just think like that with everything that's going on we need to be staying on top of it but we need to be doing it on our own time and it's easier now than ever to be able to do that right you know to take in bite-sized chunks of whatever it is that you need to be focusing on and then allowing your life to resume in a way that's you know kind of normalized in this crazy time right yeah i Um, started during this the pandemic i pretty much just started watching um like a half hour of news and then turning it off and then that's sort of like where i'm getting the general information if i want to research a topic or something or something catches my eye then i you know look things up (laughs) rather than sitting (laughs) sitting in front of it the entire time so totally the other time i'm spending making and watching not making but watching cat videos on the internet because that's the other thing (laughs) it's good for um so yeah well i mean <laughs> i'll send yeah. you some <laughs> my my cat mr pants is adorable and he does the funniest things <laughs> i'll give you straight from the source matt <laughs> what's his instagram page <laughs> uh, i keep thinking about doing one <laughs> I'm like, I'm... 
But then I realized I barely have time to promote like 23 minutes of ska and live my life. Um, the reason, like one of the many reasons on the upbeat does so well is Matt, he can find the time. I don't know why I can't find the time, but Matt, Matt promotes on the upbeat. I leave like 23 minutes. Scott, that's a little hidden secret. Like once you find it and then you find, Oh, he's been doing it for 10 years. What a crazy person. But (laughs) (laughs) so I was like, maybe I should try to promote like a Mr. Pants. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have time for Mr. Pants or, or little (laughs) Ramona, Uh, but they do cute things. So (laughs) (laughs) It's a good name for sure. The other day with his ball. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to Catcast. I know for real. With RJ Meow. Yeah. <laughs> From now on, we only interview bands with like cat related titles, so we can have Cat Bite back on. Talk to Hep Cat. Bring on the Meow Meows. It's a whole thing. Bo Wait, cat. there's a there's yeah. a Scott band Scott called the Meows. Let's do it. There's Bite Me Garfield. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <Bite me. laughs> nice. Oh, wow. That's funny. So how is um you talked a little bit about it here and there, but uh how is the pandemic affecting Victory Kid and you kinda talked about it even well not it being good, but you've done better in, in you know, twenty twenty, maybe you've seen some growth, but how overall has the pandemic affected the band? Yeah, it's been hard. I mean, um, there's no way around saying that, right? Not for anybody, I don't think. But um, I, the hardest thing, I think, was Carlo went back to Switzerland to be with his family. Um, it definitely was the right move. It's much safer over there. Um, and I think that, you know, he's been living in L.A. for a long time, um, not being able to go back as often as he would like and, you know, having a long-term or long distance relationship. So it's good for him to get back, but it also, you know, like I miss my boy. So, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, so it's good to see people just for casual hangs and stuff. But, um, in terms of making music, basically we're all demoing, sending demos to like retrack on in our own DAWs, um, and doing that kind of stuff. Um, I have, 10 songs probably going to have 20 that are going to come out somewhere in there that will come out this summer. Um, so we're doing the pre-production for that right now. Um, and you know, we, right before, uh, right before we got quarantined, we were talking with, uh, an awesome person. Her name's Sophie Leach. She runs pick it up fest in the UK, which is like a, um, college ska, punk festival that's doing really well and uh we applied for it and she graciously let us down because she didn't feel like she could pay us enough which i appreciate (laughs) i probably still would have done it but you know whatever Uh, (laughs) but um she's been kind of taking on uh well more than kind of she's taking on a manager role with us right now um and is pushing some stuff through that we've been looking for for a long time i can't say much more than that but um it's it's looking really really good she's worked really hard on it um we were supposed to go to rebellion um which is a punk festival in the uk that she got for us with the help of um bad granola records andy lamb over there um who i believe have uh or had call me malcolm i don't know if you guys yeah i've heard that record yeah yeah super cool we've uh, we've had them on the show yeah they're great cool yeah 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 awesome um, so yeah, no, like we, uh, we had a lot of momentum. It kind of dipped out. We felt really like just, you know, we, we knew we were going to do another record. Um, and we knew that we were going to try and get over to the UK once it was safe. We still don't know when that will be. Um, I know that Germany and parts of Europe are having shows. I don't think or know when or if we will be doing any of those. Um, but we're yeah. definitely looking at a, england and europe market for once things open up which i'm really excited about awesome yeah that'd be cool and if you can just send call me malcolm over here that'd be great (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) just bring him back the scott punk exchange program (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. yeah well uh we were talking about doing um a tour on the west coast that um cameron from half fast two would book with uh with pocket entertainment um for one of his bands and us so um hopefully that's still on the table we'd obviously love to do that um 
but you know it's all very up in the air so. yeah and i mean it's, yeah. no one no bands can really uh especially in the states can make any sort of plans of doing anything here because yeah. no one knows i mean schools are just beginning to get to a place where they can open so but i mean i, w- I would kind of start to think that once school once you see schools sort of back to like not the hybrid that you're starting to see now but back to just full sort of like in-person learning the same that should be about the time you can see shows because i would imagine you know the same risk would apply to schools because you know especially some schools are pretty packed (laughs) so yeah yeah. sure yeah uh that that would be something to look for for sure yeah but uh you know we every week we have a uh, group discussion question and it's sort of funny that it came it came up in in your <laughs> personal story of uh finding ska but we wanted to discuss the uh influence um i guess the influence on the ska scene that the Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack uh had and so i got to be honest i i mean i it had no in i've played tony hawk underground but that was like that was like two or three years after pro skater stuff so um i mean i had it on gamecube but and i do remember the soundtrack always being like having a lot of ska punk a lot of punk and ska bands um and uh but no for me like it didn't really have i mean i didn't own the soundtrack did they actually physically make a soundtrack did they like sell it in stores i don't think i had one but i'm pretty sure they did yeah i feel um, like they I think did carla has one rj you should know the answer to that did they actually sell you know i don't remember you gotta matt you gotta think this was my early 20s when this game <laughs> came out and i played this game drunk so much like this wasn't like <laughs> Hang out with your friends, get some PBRs, get some Mad Dog 2020, and just like chill out and put this game on. And like, and for me, I was like, it's got Scott. Hell yeah. You had like Goldfinger uh, doing Superman, you had Suicide Machines doing New Girl. And it was always, it was like a party game. Like, until, you know, a band like Rock, a game like Rock Band came around. This was like the party game of my 20s. And, yeah, it was always is this one and two. Tony Hawk Pro Skater two, and that was right. it. Like, I don't think any of us played like much more after that. Uh, me and my, at least me and my group. But yeah, both had. I'm trying to think of some of the other Scott songs that were on those two. Uh, but no, it was it was good stuff. There's still a lot of punk because I remember. Yeah, the Vandals was, were on there. I looked it up. There's there's it's mostly punk bands. Um, because especially but the ska just stands out because it's yeah, it does, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, I just also think like because of where ska was when that was happening. Because when did that soundtrack come out? Ninety nine. Is that yeah? Ninety nine is when the game came out. So yeah, the summer of ninety nine. So, um, and I think it just gra- grabbed you know, even though ska was going down you know in that in a certain pop culture but i think it also was holding a lot of because i also remember a lot of scott and punk still being attached to like extreme sports in general you know when they would yeah i remember seeing the x games a lot on tv and you know they they would play you know these bands i remember them playing the boss tones um, I remember them playing Superman like on TV and I was like, this is cool. I'll, I'll leave this on, <laughs> you know, even though I was not yeah. a big like ex gamer in any, I'm not a sports guy anyway. Um, I remember as a kid though, trying to be like a skater, like when like skate, there was a skate movie. I think it was called like gleaming the cube was it gleaming the cube like yeah. everyone <laughs> wanted to be like a skater kid and um you know it had christian slater in it and uh <laughs> and we all wanted to skate just just in the same way that when karate kid came out everyone wanted to like go take karate, karate. <laughs> karate classes like, it was just that thing that you did and i was terrible i remember i remember i was probably in junior high and it was like skateboarding to like the video store and um 
these two girls, they were like walking the opposite direction. And they're like, oh, you skateboard? That's so cool. I'm like, nah, I just use it for transportation. And then I just keep going. <laughs> I, like, they're clearly like trying to like strike up a conversation with me. And I'm like, nah, I'm just going to keep going. Like I'm so, I'm a bad, bad date person no time for love dr jones (laughs) like i gotta i gotta go i gotta go rent superman 2 again (laughs) uh yeah so but yeah but skateboarding uh i i think and the x games in general i think had a big influence on ska punk staying in pop culture probably longer than a lot of people necessarily remember it's, it's always a good barometer to just judge someone's age right away when you ask them, well, when's the first time you heard Ska? And you can kind of guess their age if they say Less Than Jake and Digimon the movie or Goldfinger and Tony Hawk That's funny. I know, I know. It's, it's yeah. I, I, I'm sure that's just such a common answer, but, you know, it's it's the truth. I mean, you were, you were slamming beers. I was drinking juice boxes, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like for me and you know skating um it was a mode of transportation for me too you know like that's um that's definitely what we used it for longboarding um and you know it was just the day would end up being whose houses are we going to skate in what order right and just pick people up and do some loops <laughs> hit some hills and then go back right um but yeah and i think what's cool just going off the extreme sports uh, comment that you had for Scott. I think it's also done a lot for um, metal and some of the hardcore stuff, you know. Um, I think that that's an interesting split, like the people who took the warp Tour and got mostly metal out of it versus mostly ska or mostly punk and kind of where they all intermix. Um, and that started happening kind of, I feel like, almost right after that, you know. I do sort of like, since especially thinking about it a lot since this doing this podcast so i think so there's people of my age and my generation that i think there's a lot of us yeah old like people in their 40s um who well rj would be the exception but i think there's a lot of people who are like me (laughs) um well you'll see why i think you're the exception to this is who got into ska because it got on popular radio and oh, MTV yeah, yeah. who, who got the one in... time I was ahead of the curve in my life. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, like who got into it because no doubt got on MTV and because real big fish got on MTV. And, you know, even though I knew what Scott was generally speaking before that, cause real big fish is from my essential hometown, like from where I lived. Um, so I knew who they were by name, but like, I just was like, I knew the ska kids, they're wearing Hawaiian shirts over there. Um, (laughs) that that's Huntington beach, orange County's fault for the Hawaiian shirt thing. But, um, and, uh, but I, so I think there is those people who got into ska that way. And some people who were maybe into it a little bit before, but there's a lot of us who, cause we were super into music and if it was popular music and, you know, and we sort of like mesh all these bands together, you know, uh, you know, because you kind of had grunge going down and, and then ska yeah. punk coming up. And but, you know, a lot of those same people were in heavily into grunge, too. Right. So um, I just think uh, but so we got into it and then we were already into it. And some people, I think their fandom, because it got out of pop culture, it died off. <laughs> And then there's mm. certain of us who like went on, but kind of stayed like listening to real big fish lesson. Jake, no doubt, no doubt went away from far away from ska. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. um, and you know, sort of, I would see things like the X games and kick it up a notch and stuff like that. But for, I think for the people who kind of got into it late because of a video game, I think they're the ones that kind of kept ska, because they started making music out of that. And it's kind of like uh, the whole Pixies didn't sell a lot of albums, but everybody that bought a Pixies yeah. album started a band. And like, so <laughs> right. everybody who played Tony Hawk Pro Skater who loved that Goldfinger song, they started bands <laughs> later. 
And so, you know, right. now I'm in my 40s and a lot of the bands I listen to, everybody's younger than me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but that's how they got their stars. They they loved that song. And then they they started kind of like how I did. They started exploring because they got that song off the Tony Hawk soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, what is this? This is Goldfinger. What's Goldfinger? They're a ska punk band. What else is ska punk? Oh, all these bands. Oh, these bands are cool. I want to make music like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because totally. it, and I think I mean that's what I assumed happened. No, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, Harrison. I was just gonna say too, like growing up in um, Northern California, like there was a, a more of a focus up there on punk too. I feel like up there, um, there's more of a gap with ska. It's kind of more reggae or punk and or punk, and then there's a lot of people that don't listen to ska at all. I only had a few friends that um, I would throw on ska records with, but. Um, you know, for me, I think the horns just really add so much, you know, and, and I think there's a lot of bands that kind of carry the tradition of some of the um, lesser known real big fish songs and these songs that go darker places and take more twists and turns, like you sure. were saying, Matt. Um, sure. I think like, you know, it all, we're all evolving. And, you know, if you're young and on the cusp of the internet, it's a really interesting time because I grew up without the internet up until I was around tony hawk and then right everything just started lining up in a row and I, there was so much more accessibility and um you know yeah yeah because what i was gonna say is like because like i said in popular culture so i mean you're only talking about a few years difference like the the quote-unquote summer of ska was pretty much the summer of 97 for most people yeah and so just a couple of years later, you had that soundtrack, but also in those couple of years, like, like by 98, Ska was like on a decline as far as like, they, there was already discussions about like, well, let's, we're, we're a rock with horn band or, you know, um, you yeah. know, basically 95 through 97 was like the peak years for Ska Punk and, and that, that uptake. And then it's sort of to dissipate, you know. Uh, yeah, real fast. And, you know, Kid Rock, you know, sort of that metal, hip hop you know. Uh, no, yeah, off. new metal yeah. New took metal. all the hard-edge kids, and Swing took all the horn-loving kids. Yes. And there was nobody left for ska by the end of the 90s. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, you had these people who were playing this video game, and, you know, a video game, I know for a fact, you probably heard that song, like, a thousand times, and so you just began to love it and then i think it carried that forward and because i think rj you've mentioned this before like because it you know part of the joy was going out and finding like oh yeah you know finding new things and finding out bands where yeah that's all in 99 it probably it since it was cool stuff since 99 it wasn't on the radio so a lot of those kids had to go out and find it again and i'm sure they you know yeah. they knew of probably bands like no doubt and real big fish and um the boss tones and stuff like that so like but then they went further and um you know um i think there are a good number i mean i think a lot of people when they talk about it they talk about like from like 99 to like probably like 2007 or 8 like there really wasn't a whole lot of ska happening a lot of booming and it kind of all faded away i'm yeah, sure it was... a lot a lot of the bands from the 90s were breaking up around them not a lot not a lot of new bands starting uh, unfortunately um so it, it was nice to see come around like the earlier part of uh 2010s we started picking up more and right. more bands as the decade rolled on and that's something i kind of got to watch in real time doing 23 minutes of ska because for a while it was just like well, I'm playing a lot of stuff from the 90s and some stuff from the <laughs> 80s and trying to play new bands as I find them. And then either I got better at finding them or more good bands started coming around. I think it's the latter. Uh, and yeah, so now the show is almost always completely stuff from like the last three years and maybe a classic thrown in yeah. uh, just because that's what I love. I, I love finding new bands. Uh, but yeah, th to put a point on it, like the song Superman by Goldfinger, it's kind of like so emblematic of skating. Um, just, and I'm going to show like, I'm, I'm way into all kinds of media, 
so I watch YouTube like a lot and I'm not going to lie. I enjoy the world's most popular YouTuber, PewDiePie. And when he was doing a skate video while he was skating around Brighton, he kept playing like the intro to Superman, like every time he jumped on the board, <laughs> because that that is the meme. That is the joke. That is like the classic song you think of if you're going to skate like. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's true. So, yeah, I think it obviously had its influence and I think it just that one song because that's the thing i looked at the soundtrack there's not other than um uh suicide, suicide machines. machines there really is not a whole lot of other ska <laughs> on there really and uh yeah uh at least on the you know those first couple um but so yeah i think it definitely ha- and it's just so funny like you never know what's gonna connect with people or find yeah it's you know, and th- that song was two years old, you know, uh, right. Superman at the time. Like, it was off of Hang Ups, which was, you know, in 97, I believe. So, like, um, so, yeah, that song was old. And I think we've talked about it. Like, I mean, two years. <laughs> two years. Old. <laughs> it's so old. But you're right. That song, like, I think also because of the popularity of that song, I think now... It also is a very unifying song. Like, I don't know if either one of you saw it, but um, um, that group, and I can't think of the name of the group. I think their initials are NPC or something. Like, they did a big oh, the NPC. Yeah. Yeah. They did a, like, a big group cover, and I was watching the video, and it's like, it's just all these people singing this song that clearly have a love for this song. And it's just, it's so, like, even watching the video, I'm just like, I'm right there with you. I can't skate. Yeah. If I got on a skateboard right now, I'd probably fall and die. But, um, <laughs> but I, yeah, that song, I think, just connected a lot of fans coming in from different, you know. In a lot of ways, I think it is, like, that song that everybody who plays ska punk knows. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think every ska punk band, if they wanted to, could do a half decent cover at the drop of a hat <laughs> of that song. Yes. I, I think so. I went to the uh, ska parade 30th anniversary show. And at the end of that show, all five of the bands got up together and played Monkey Man by Toots and the Maytels. And I could legitimately see a big ska punk festival or small tour where every band gets together and plays that song together and it being exactly just like clicking right in because that song, I mean, and that's the song of that soundtrack. There's, there's like what, 15 other songs, but yeah, that's the bunch. one that everybody thinks about when they, they don't even think about the other ska song. That's they sure. <laughs> yeah. Superman by Goldfinger. Uh, and, and to me, it's like one of those things, it was never like a big charting single, but like everybody knows that song. I think, um, and, and it brought people to Sky who might have missed it, too. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. sort of like the, its probably biggest influence. People who weren't into Ska yeah. got brought in because of that soundtrack, because of that game. Yeah. So I saw the light. What can I say? You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think – and I've seen some stuff online where people sort of like – put down people who got into ska because of that soundtrack or whatever and they're mostly like me they're mostly into ska punk and um but whatever whatever brings you into this sort of Mm -hmm. uh world of ska i think you know who cares how you got into it yeah yeah for sure it was funny because i was actually thinking that we would talk about the remaster playlist for uh the new game out (laughs) (laughs) i had Um, no idea i'm an old man i don't keep up with video games that aren't mega man it's all it's a very uh it's a very cult following thing right but i think too you know the later i i played more than just one and two i played my fair share and i think that like you know, I was discovering Rancid and the Interrupters yeah. and, you know, a lot of the tastemakers for, you know, the band, what the band would be. Um, and what kind of 
I think you might call like a gap. I think there's definitely a transition period where like people are like, is this ska? Is it not? You have like street light, um, which is just one of the most outstanding arguments of is it ska or not for some reason. To me, it's, it's completely ska, you know, but I don't come at it from a traditionalist point of view. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, um, yeah, I think it's interesting the timing of it that, you know, this video game comes out and um, and blows up Superman, like we talked about. And now, yeah. a few months after the the next remaster comes out, there's a new Goldfinger song, right? Just waiting for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, um, that is kind of funny. Kind of cool. It's not on the soundtrack, but um, it's one of my favorite new ones of his. And also, um, just some honorable mentions on the remaster. I really like Sedona. Um, I think that's a great song off of that um, that playlist, and uh, you know, Zebra Heads on there, and some of some of the bands that are kind of like you know in that in between phase um, are getting some light, which I really appreciate. Um, so it's definitely like a great soundtrack to check out. Yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely have to check out this new the remaster because it's a one and two together, right? That's yeah. like the game premise, and then okay, yeah, yeah. I know uh, there's, a, there's an MXPX song on it, too. So mm, Yeah. Um, and uh, High Flag, Billy Talent, you know, um, just great stuff. But, and that's those are more pure punk. But, right. You know, yeah. <laughs> to, to your point. We don't need to talk about them. No, just kidding. <laughs> All right. Since you brought up, um, uh, you know, uh, Goldfinger's Wallflower, um, we will move um, – move into our ska picks of the week uh what else can you tell us about this song why'd you pick it obviously you know you kind of said it but uh, anything else you want to add <laughs> yeah i mean it just came out um and i saw it on matt plays um horns on it or maybe he mixed the horns on it so he posted about it in his story and i was like oh it sounds cool you know so it just you were asking like for a pick and that was just what's on my mind lately there is a bunch of other ones i you know yeah. was debating between obviously but this one <laughs> just seemed the most relevant so <laughs> all right so let's check out uh wallflower by goldfinger has a good uh trombone solo in the in the breakdown a little bit later but yeah admit, that's the first time i've heard that song because i hate spotify so much <laughs> oh really <laughs> yeah, this show will so i guess i'll have to buy it off apple uh, off itunes because <laughs> that song rules <laughs> this this podcast like will never be sponsored band camp, it takes me forever to listen to something <laughs> yeah wow interesting this because well, i want to buy it right away to support my bands and right you know and then i stream that off my phone um but yeah no so yeah i'm gonna have to pick that one up <laughs> you did it again john feldman and the boys <laughs> <Tricky bastard>. yeah <laughs> he always gets me. all right so my ska pick of the week is also a new song it just dropped friday like wallflower um, it is a song by the Inevitables. Um, they are, um, you know, um, sort of like a ska supergroup, and they got a Benny, Obi, Alex. Yeah, and uh, they got a comic <laughs> book coming along with this uh, soundtrack or or album, and uh, so yeah, I really love this song. It really just sort of like I don't know, feels like a good 
you know, just struggling, living paycheck to paycheck song. So, yeah, let's check it out. <laughs> the Weight of the Worry by The Inevitables. Let the right of passage come in and do their damage. And we'll still do our damnedest to rise above this madness. We'll rise above. We all want something of ours we just can't. Very, very excited about the rest of this album and uh, the comic book that's me coming too. with it. Me three, me three. Yeah, that was actually <laughs> another one I was considering doing because in that same story, Matt was like, and this also got released today and I played uh, horns on it. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great song. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing what else they have. Tell us about your pick, RJ. All right. So this came, like, usually when Matt's like, hey, what's your pick? I've been, you know, working from home and not at the office, so I can boot up Spotify, make sure the song's on there, like, go through my iTunes, what I've been listening to a lot lately. Uh, Today, it was not like that. I worked at the office, so I was coming home, and, you know, I I make my own personal mixes that have a lot of different stuff that's not just ska on them. It was a very rage-filled day, and this, (laughs) this mix starts off, it's like garage rock and like some punk rock. And then it, it like hits this like height of just like angriness. And then it just dissipates in this very loungy, laid back ska song. And yes. I was by the song. And so, and it was this song. It was the Steady 45 song so long off their album Greenleaf Special. Just, the longer you went with your setup and just building the story, I just was like, this is going to be so funny. Next time I'm even near Orange County, I'm going to find you and smack you. Uh, okay. All right. Harness that rage going into this. Harness that Yeah. All right. So here is So Long by the Steady 45s. I've been loving you so long. back i know that bass is so mixed up in that song too it's exactly what it needs that song will make my car shake a little bit too because that bass (laughs) is still up there yeah it's such a fine line to walk uh you know you don't want to take away from the horns or any of the sonics but you want something punchy and i love the way that he doubled the vocals on it points oh yeah gave the groove but still added some flair such a good song (laughs) Great song. Well, well Harrison, uh, Harrison, where can people find uh, Victory Kid online? Well, they can on Bandcamp. 
Um, yeah. They also. <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> um, and they also can on Spotify. Um, if you like music videos, I'm really proud of our music videos. We've got a bunch of them, including uh, "Stepping Out," which came out later this or earlier this year. Um, and yeah, any major streaming platforms. I think honestly. If there's a platform that's out there that doesn't have us, let us know because that shouldn't be happening. So, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are on Instagram and stuff and Facebook. We well. are, yeah. Victory Kid Band is our handle. Awesome. Well, Harrison, we appreciate you hanging out with us uh, this week. It was a good time. Thanks for uh, hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you guys. That was so fun. Awesome. I'm gonna yeah, like, research a bunch time. of uh, music after this. So. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, listeners, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. And until next week, keep listening to Ska. You've been listening to On the Upbeat. The On the Upbeat theme music is written and performed by Millington. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Millington the Band. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at On the Upbeat Ska. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist, Ska Favorites. It features all the songs heard on the show. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to support On The Upbeat financially, visit www.ko-fi.com slash On The Upbeat. Thanks for listening and supporting On The Upbeat. Just kidding.